May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be ever acceptable to you, O Lord, our Savior. Amen. Reorganize my sermon here after the lighting of the candle. I want to get things out of order. That would be awkward. One year when I was very, very small, I don't even really remember it, my grandmother gave my brothers and I a really special gift, that same calendar that I just showed the children, an Advent calendar um, made of red felt. Each of the little pockets has a special little ornament or a train or an angel, something in there that, uh, that was cut out by my grandmother and sequins put on it. Um, and I've been doing that, and now the kids do it at our house. Every December 1st, I could not wait. I would be so excited that we would get to start putting the ornaments on that calendar. And then each day, one of us, and we would take turns, would put a new ornament on that, that tree, that green felt tree. So we'd have 24 ornaments until that finally, on the 24th, we got to put the star on top of the tree. And we knew that it was Christmas Eve and that Jesus was coming, that Christmas was finally here that the waiting was over. We knew the exact time that Christmas would happen because we had that calendar, that we had that visual reminder. We knew how long we had to wait. But except for placing that simple little felt ornament on the tree, we didn't act in any other way as we awaited Christmas Day. We still played we still went to school for most of that. We went about our daily lives pretty much as normal. That's a different kind of waiting than the kind of waiting that I did when I prepared for my very first Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade. I was going to New York City, and I had to do a lot of preparation to be able to get there. After many, many years of seeing the parade on TV, Every Thanksgiving, for the first time, I was going to be there in person in New York City. This year, I wouldn't be passively sitting by the TV set. So that morning of the parade, we were in New York City. We awoke early in the morning, and we prepared to go for the, to the parade. We had to bundle up. It was really super cold. It was rainy, snowy. We traveled by subway, which was an adventure in and of itself, to the location of the parade. And there were thousands and thousands of people already there. As early as we got up, there were many people were already there. So it was really evident that if I wanted to see the parade, I had to take some kind of action. So I walked along the parade route thinking, how am I possibly going to see over all these people? Then I walked up on this sidewalk next to this building that was being redone under construction, and I knew what I had to do. The building had scaffolding all the way up, like 10 stories up. And I knew that if I climbed up on that scaffolding, I could see the parade and I would have the best view of anybody. So that's what I did. I was so excited. I climbed up on that scaffolding and I held on to that bar and I waited and I waited and waited with anticipation, with incredible expectation and joy. I did not know how long it would take for the parade to get to me. At uh, that point on the parade route. But I knew 
that the marching bands would indeed pass by me, those big floats would go right by me, I'd be able to see and hear it all. Those two types of waiting, I remember vividly in my life. The first example of waiting for Christmas Day each year was pretty passive. I didn't do anything but wait until each day passed. In the second example of waiting, I had to be an active participant in it. I had to do something or that parade was going to go right by me and I would have only seen the back of people's backs and their heads. That is the difference in waiting for Christmas and waiting for Christ. Waiting for Christmas or waiting for Christ. Advent, this church season that we begin today, is not about waiting for Christmas. It's about waiting for Christ. It's such a special season. I mean, look around the church. The blue hangings that adorn the altar, the lectern and the pulpit. I have on a blue stole along with Father Donovan. We have our Advent wreath with the first candle lit. This will help us mark the weeks as we approach Christmas Day. But we must remember We're not just awaiting on a special day on the calendar. We're awaiting the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. The day when God came to dwell among us. God came himself. In the person of Jesus Christ, God came to earth. That's what we're waiting for. In the Roman Catholic Church, a cardinal is a really very important senior official, usually a bishop, who reports directly to the Pope. In the 1800s, while serving as a cardinal, John Newman received a very important message from an English priest from the tiny village of Brennan. Brennan is a dirty little mill town near Birmingham. It seems that an epidemic of cholera had decimated the village. And the priest was asking for help, was asking for another priest to come and help him to give the sacrament, administer last rites, to do funerals, because people were dying. Well, Cardinal Newman read the letter. He sat there in his office. He read it again, and he spent the next hour in prayer. Finally, a secretary came in and said, Cardinal Newman, we've got to answer this, this priest in Brennan. Your eminence, what shall we do? Newman answered, the people are suffering and dying. How can I send someone else to do this work? I must go myself. At Advent, God looked down upon his dying people. People dying from sin and distraction, from pride and preoccupation. How, under those circumstances, could God send a substitute? God sent himself.
in the person of Jesus Christ. God came in the flesh to live among us. God came in the person of Jesus Christ to share in our human condition, to fully and completely experience human life from birth till death, to endure the trials of life, as well as to experience the joys of human companionship and relationships. In our readings today, did you notice we're not hearing about the birth of the baby Jesus? We're not hearing about the preparation of that. We're not even hearing about the anticipation of God dwelling among us in human flesh. What we're hearing about is the time when Jesus will come again. We're not hearing about what's already happened in the birth of our Lord and Savior. We're hearing about the not yet. The time when the Lord will come again and make all things new. Today, our readings talk about the already and not yet. Already, Jesus, becoming flesh and living among us, has established the means for which we are drawn into relationship with God. But not yet do we live in complete communion with God. Not yet has the kingdom of God been fully revealed. We live in this in-between time, this liminal time, between the already and the not yet, between the coming of Jesus into the world to show us the way to God and the not yet time when Jesus will come again in glory. A time when the people of God will no longer experience pain and death, but will live on in eternal glory, in the full and glorious presence of God. We'll have access to God, complete access to God all the time. Now, living in this in-between time is challenging When we know something's going to happen at a certain time and place, we can get prepared. But we don't know the time and place when Jesus will return. Jesus said, but about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. And then in the Gospel of Matthew, he continues to say, therefore, you must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. By keeping alert and keeping awake, by living our lives in accord with the one who has already come, died, and been raised, not only will we be prepared to live in the promised realm of God when it comes, but we, living like that, may even experience now some of what that life in that realm will be like, we'll get a glimpse. Though not fully revealed, we can experience the kingdom of God here and now. Keeping alert and awake means keeping Jesus in our lives, 
Keeping alert and awake means experiencing Jesus in the world around us. Hearing the laughter of the children, smelling the food cooking, and anticipating sitting down with a meal together. Watching the birds flutter outside our windows. Keeping alert means sacrificially giving to others that are in need. Sacrificially giving to the church and the poor and the oppressed. Keeping alert and awake means experiencing Jesus in our really mundane routines, in the rhythms of our daily life. Where is Jesus in that? Keeping alert and awake means keeping Jesus as part of our lives every day in all that we do. We have a choice to make this Advent season. We can choose to be swallowed up in the crowd. We can get out those those credit cards. We can battle the masses at the store. We can purchase, purchase just carts full of tinsel and lights and candles and presents. We can hurry to this party and to that event. We can run around full speed doing all those things our society tells us we should do at Christmas. We're this Advent season. We can climb up on the scaffolding. Choosing to see past the crowds. Past the the busyness of all that's going on. And see how we are called to live as followers of Jesus. Instead of focusing on the ways of the world. We can choose to love and care for each other especially those that it's hard to get along with. We can choose to give of our time and our money and our energy to make the world a better place for others. This Advent season, the choice is simple. We can choose to wait for Christmas, or we can choose to wait for Christ. We can prepare for a holiday, or we can prepare to grow closer to Christ and through our example, bring others to know the love of Christ. Advent is a very special time, a very special time of preparation for Christmas. And we have to be prepared if we want to see God at work in that. We have to stay awake and be alert so that Christmas can be meaningful. Stay alert. Keep awake. This Advent, let us prepare for Christ.